God is a good God and he is sovereign in our lives. He is actively working in our lives and he wants to be a part of every circumstance, whether it be good or bad. He wants to be involved in the middle of it today. Amen? Amen. So with that, would you stand with me? We're going to read a short scripture from Psalm 106. Let's read this loudly, please. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it breathes life. I thank you that it's alive. I thank you that it's, it, it is part of the foundation of, of our walk, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, today. At, let our hearts be soft today to hear from you and to consider the things that you have for us. Lord, if there are things, Lord, that need to be forgotten, let them be forgotten quickly. For the things, Lord, that need to be remembered that would change our lives and our journey for eternity, I ask that you would do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. This week has been an interesting week for me. Has anybody had an interesting week this week? I, uh, you know, I've had some, uh, some things I've had to step through. And, uh, you know, somebody reminded me this past week that uh, your circumstance is your circumstance and you don't understand other people's circumstances. And so when we walk through things or we see people walk through things and we wonder why or how they're responding to those things, you don't really understand until you're in their shoes. And so let us consider that as we see people around us walking through things. And sometimes when we can get the focus off of others in that way, we can actually examine ourselves in our own hearts and see where our posture of thanksgiving is. And so this week was a, was, was a difficult week. It seemed like every corner I would turn, there would be something I had to, some type of opposition I would have to face or some type of thing I would have to deal with. Uh, and it started to get laughable at one point. I just said, okay, Lord, well, what's next? You know, as I was walking uh, through, through my week yesterday, I was uh, in my office at the school and I was putting together the keynote here. And uh, I wanted to take a, a slight break because our basketball teams were playing in the gym in a tournament. So I got out of my office and I walked down the hallway. And in the hall, in the hall out there, I see uh, one of the grandparents of one of the basketball players. And I hadn't seen him in, in a little while, but I, I knew who he was. And he came up to me and said, Mr. O'Day. And I said, hey, how's it going? I shook his hand and he said, Mr. O'Day, I haven't seen you in a while. Man, Man, you're getting fat. First Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, you know. Um, I am thankful. I am thankful today for you. I am thankful for the opportunity to share. I'm thankful for this uh, sovereign God who rules and reigns over this these uncertain times in our, in our world. And uh, he is faithful and he is good to us. When I was putting together um, this message and as I was walking through some things, one of the things that was a part of my week, and it's, it is part of leadership at times, is I had to let one of my staff members go this past week, and that wasn't fun and it wasn't easy. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things I had to do because of that is I had to take over uh, one of the English classes in the, in the school. And I'm going to these eighth graders and I'm talking to them about writing and I'm talking about them using correct punctuation. And man, I'm telling you, it... It just kills me, the lack of knowledge uh, in using correct grammar, correct punctuation in, in writing, uh, especially combating this generation with text messaging and shorthand and those types of things. When it comes to the written form, uh, man, uh, it, it's, it's an uphill battle, and uh, it's an uphill battle for some adults, too. And, uh, but punctuation matters. Punctuation matters. Do you know that if you use punctuation incorrectly, 
it changes the meaning of what you're trying to say. Punctuation is important, right? Let me give you some examples. Thank you. Your donation just helped someone get a job. Red squirrels drive slowly. I've never seen a squirrel drive before. We're open. Now, either that's East Tennessee slang or they're missing an apostrophe there. (laughs) We're open. Slow children crossing. I want to be where the fast children are crossing because I'm trying to get to work. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. (laughs) Record attendance on that Sunday. Employees must wash hands. (laughs) Last time eating at that restaurant. We remember all those who have served hot breakfast. Now hiring blueberry cheesecake. I've never met Mr. Cheesecake, but I'm sure he's a good employee. Punctuation matters. Punctuation matters because it, it helps dictate what you're trying to say. What do you mean by this or that? Punctuation matters. And so... As I was getting ready and preparing for today's message, um, what I like to do is I'll sit and I'll get a, I'll get my laptop out or something and I'll, I'll type the title and then I'll just start writing down all the thoughts and what the Lord's, uh, giving me before I put it in some type of organized form. And, uh, so I, I'm sitting there and I'm typing and this is what I type because I knew that the title, I knew where I wanted to, I thought I knew where I wanted to go. And, uh, and I typed simply, thank you. And I stepped back and I stared at it. And I looked, and I couldn't take my eyes off the ellipses. And I said there, and I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, I want to talk about thank you. I want to talk about giving thanks. And God said, that's fine. You can talk about giving thanks. I want to talk to you, Kevin, about the ellipses. It's like, oh, here we go. <clears throat> and ellipses can mean several things. But the ellipses is actually a part of an omitted, continued thought. When you put an ellipses to something, you're saying something, but there's more to be said. You're saying, there's a continuation here, but I'm not writing it all out. Another, you could say almost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this thought, but it hasn't closed here. There's, there's more to this story. There's more to this phrase. There's more to, to what's being said here. And I asked God, I'm like, well, God, what are the ellipses? Okay, there's more to be said here. And he said, Kevin, I want to talk to you about your giving and your receiving. Because if you're going to talk about a message on giving thanks, then you need to understand the ins and outs of giving and receiving. And Kevin, you are not good at receiving. I said, okay, Lord, I'm listening. And he started to minister to me about this whole concept of receiving gifts, receiving gifts. You see, when somebody for such a long time in my life, when somebody would give me a gift, They would come and give me the gift, and it was like, man, now I owe them a debt. 
Now I owe them something for what they've given me. And so it was hard work receiving gifts. It was hard work, somebody coming up and just trying to, to bless me and give me something because, man, here comes somebody with a gift. I'm like, oh, please don't let them give it to me. Please don't let them. Oh, thank you. Now I got to figure out something to give them that's bigger and better and badder than that. You know, and it was exhausting work. What kind of life is that? What kind of life is that? You can't receive gifts because you feel like you got to one-up or you feel like you got to give. And for me, it wasn't about one-upping so much. It was about the insecurity that was in my life because whenever somebody gave me something, I didn't feel worthy enough to have that gift. I didn't feel worthy enough for them to give me something. And so I had to show them in some, some grandiose way that I appreciated what they gave to me. And so thank you wasn't enough. There was an ellipsis. And God is showing me how to get out of the ellipsis. Are you with me? So God started to talk to me and, and, and churn my heart about my past and my, and, and my history with, when it comes to, to receiving, receiving gifts. You know, we're heading into a season where we do consider gifts. This is the time. In fact, some of you on Friday are going to wake up at times when, yes, the Lord is awake, but uh, you're going <laughs> to... I was going to say ungodly times, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're going to wake up early in the morning and you're going to wait in freezing weather so that you can save 20 bucks on a TV you don't need. You're going to, you're going to wake up and you're going to spend enormous amounts of money outside of your budget. You're going to rack up on credit card sales because you have got to get and get and get and get and get and get so that you can give and give and give and give and give and give. Why? Because I've got to fill a hole and a void that's inside my heart. One of the most transforming things in my giving, which my giving has, it has been transformed over the last seven years, was when uh, Ronnie Meek stood up here on the stage and it was before Black Friday and he said, you know, you ought to consider having the Holy Spirit involved in your giving this year. And I'll just be transparent with you. It's such a, this, the title of this message is called Simply. Thank you. I don't get simple things. Guys, I am the dumbest sheep in the pasture. I'm telling you right now, I hit the same wall over and over and over again. That is such a simple concept. That is such a simple concept, but we don't do it. That the Lord would want to be involved in our giving, in our spending. Of course he does. Of course he does. And so this is a time where we consider gifts and we consider, uh, we consider other people and we bestow gifts on our family. And giving gifts, don't get me wrong, giving gifts is a great thing if they're done with right motives, if they're done with purity of heart. But the Lord was ministering to me and he was saying, Kevin, you can't become a giver until you know how to receive properly. Because for every gift I was giving, there was a string attached. And that string said, hey, I need you to value me, so here's a gift. I need, I need some type of self-worth, so here's a gift. I need you to look at me and appreciate me, so here's, here's, here's a gift. Because it would be very difficult for me to believe that you would actually love me part the gift. And so... In the season of giving, you know, and we're, we're and receiving, we're, we're looking at 
What does our hearts look like when it comes to receiving? And, and in Matthew 10, Jesus is sending out the disciples and he's telling them to go out into people's homes and to heal the, heal the sick, let the blind see, cast out demons. And he says at the end of this, this, uh, this paragraph, he says, freely you have received, freely give. And when I read that, I, I was looking at that. He didn't say freely give, so now freely you have received. Scripture does say it is blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But I believe that this order is intentional. Because you have received, now you have what it takes to give. Because you have received, you now have what you need. You are equipped to give. Guys, where, where's your heart when it comes to receiving? Where's your heart when it comes to receiving things from people? What about words of affirmation? It doesn't always have to be stuff. What about blessings? I've literally seen people run and say, don't you give me that. Man, Lord, work on our hearts this morning when it comes to receiving so that we can give. Thank you means I receive it. Thank you means I receive it. Thank you means I receive it. Now catch this. The Lord had been dealing with me for a while on the, on the horizontal level. When somebody gives you something, Kevin, your holes are so deep, your insecurity, you're not, you're not receiving. You're not receiving well. And then he flipped that on me and he made it vertical. And he said, Kevin, this is why my people work so hard for their salvation. You see, salvation is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. And for some reason, we have trouble receiving this gift. So when we say thank you, it's not thank you with a period. It's not thank you and that stand I receive it. It's thank you with an ellipsis. And now I'm gonna work my tail off, Lord, to, to, to make up, to give penance, to show myself worthy enough for the gift that you've given. But here's some newsflash for people. Guess what? You're never gonna be good enough for the gift that he's given you. Because everything that we do in terms of good equates to filthy rags, that says the scripture. So as we're working so hard, as we're working within the ellipses of this thank you, and we're not able to actually say, I receive it, how then are we going to impart or give Christ away when we can't receive him ourselves? Are you with me? Thank you means I receive it. I believe this morning God wants to take us from a thank you with an ellipsis to a thank you with a period that says it ends right here, I receive it. And there is overwhelming, it is overwhelming to be in that position because no, we don't, we don't deserve it. We haven't done anything to earn it. It's absolutely opposite of everything the world has told you about how you're supposed to live your life. It's completely foreign to the way we're wired. I receive it. God, I just get to receive your gift. Uh-huh. God, I don't have to do anything. No. But that person told me that I needed to. It doesn't matter. But, I, but, I, but, but you don't understand. I messed up. Like, I don't care. But God, you don't know my past. Yeah, I do. This is a gift. Take it and receive it. Because when we can get our mind 
and our hearts connected in this concept of thank you, I receive it. He's got so much more for us. He's got so, his Holy Spirit comes and gets involved in our lives. You wanna talk about some great gifts. You wanna talk about living kingdom on here on the earth, heaven on earth. He's got some incredible things for us, but not if we can't receive the very baseline of our salvation. We're working too hard to see anything else. Last week, when Barbie and Justin were up here, Justin mentioned about Jacob wrestling with God. And that story is actually sandwiched in between Jacob getting prepared to encounter his brother Esau. You see, Jacob, when before Jacob was even born, the Lord said to Rebekah, that the older was going to serve the younger. The promise, the, 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 the word had already gone forth. Do you know that you can take God at his word? You can actually believe what God says. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to move to it. You don't have to make it happen. You actually can believe, guess what? When God gives a word, I receive it. I receive it. So he'd already released the word, yet Jacob, over a pot of stew, buys the birthright from Esau. And that doesn't work. So later on, with his mother scheming with him, he puts on things that make him feel like Esau, make him look like Esau, make him sound like, smell like Esau. He brings the game into his dad and he takes the blessing. When there was already a blessing in store with him if he just had received it. How many of you all are working so hard to receive something that God has already told you is going to happen? Are there some promises that you have been working so hard for that you don't understand why it's not happening? And God says, if you'll just get out of the way, I'll let it happen. Are there some things that you've been believing God for that you're wondering, man, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? And God says, no, you've abandoned me. You're working for this too hard. My timing is perfect. And my word will prevail, prevail. And so Jacob does wrestle with God in that moment. And when he wrestles with God, there's this thing that God says to him. It's so cool. He says, you have struggled with God and with man and you have overcome. And so now I'm changing your name. Guys, let me tell you something. When you get to a place of thank you, I receive it. He's changing your name. He's changing everything about you. He's, but you have overcome at that moment. And guess what? The things that are former are former. Those are things to be let go. And then it's time to step into what's now and what's the future. Old things have passed away. New things have come. And Jacob, after that blessing is bestowed on him, after he hears he's overcome and, and, and his name has been changed, he then goes out and guess what he does? Same old Jacob. He sends out herds and her, just presents, just all types of gifts. He divides the group because he's fearful of Esau and what he'll do to him. So here comes Esau with 400 men and Jacob sees him and he gets wave of gift, waves of gift. And here's the thing. We sometimes, when we're reading scripture, we skim over things real fast. Do you know how long it would take to herd 200 of something together and get them going in a direction? This takes a while. He was working at this. And all these waves of gifts went all the way to Esau and Esau comes. And you know what Esau did when he saw Jacob? Scripture says he ran to him and he embraced him. 
He hugged him. He kissed him. And he, they, they rejoiced in that moment. And then Esau says, Jacob, what are all these things? What are all these gifts that met me before I got to you? And Jacob says, oh, I just wanted to find favor in your sight. <clears throat> this is just me trying to find favor in your sight. Esau says, I don't need your stuff. I got my own stuff. All I want is you. All I want is you. And it further says that Jacob insisted that Esau take all of the things. All I want is you, guys. I'm telling you, God is just saying, all I want is you. I don't want your stuff. I want your heart. (laughs) I just want, can you just take this gift? I mean, my son died for it. So that you could have it, right? For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. Guys, it's not gonna be for works. When I was traveling through my week this week, I was encounter after encounter after encounter and after, after encounter. I was faced with this whole thing of people evaluating their choices versus their consequences. We have students that are getting mixed into things. Here's the thing, guys. Whenever you get pulled over by the police officer and get, and get a ticket, which I know nobody in here has, but when, when, when you get pulled over and you get, the, you get the ticket, why is it that we get mad at the police officer and the ticket, but we don't evaluate our choice that put us in that circumstance? Choices versus consequences. When a student cheats on a test, And they have to receive a zero in some type of punishment, such as ISS. I am so mad that teacher gave me a zero. I'm so mad I've got to go to ISS. If you wouldn't have cheated on the test, you wouldn't be in the predicament you are in now. Are you with me? Choices versus consequences. And I realized this week, we don't have an accurate understanding of what consequence really means. We always associate a negative context with consequence. Consequence is a very innocent word, okay? Con means with. Sequence means sequence, right? Event after event after event, okay? You put the two together, you have with sequence. If, you're, if you are doing something bad and doing something bad and doing something bad, the consequence is going to be with the sequence of the bad things. Are you with me? If you do something good and you do something good and you do something good, the consequence is going to be with the sequence of good. Are you with me? Good consequences, bad consequences. Guys, this is what we do right here. Are you ready? This is what we do. This is why we can't get to this part of thank you, I receive it. What Jesus did is he came and he lived an impeccable life. He went to the cross. He died. He rose again. That was God's gift to us. And this is what he did with that gift. He said, listen, for the wages of sin is death. Your penalty, my penalty for our messed up broken lives is death. And this is what God did. He said, sin, 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 consequence is death. I can't have that because I love you so much. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take this good consequence over here and I'm going to exchange it for this bad one over here. And our minds can't get behind it because our lives are sin, sin, sin. And it doesn't follow within the sequence. It does not follow within the sequence that we would have eternal life, that we would be able to receive this this gift. So what we do is we try to change our choices. This is the one time I feel like we actually evaluate our choices instead of the consequence. So we work so hard. If I can just get these, if I can get the sin to be something good, if I can get the sin to be righteous, if I can not gossip, if I can not do this, if I can walk in obedience, then I will line up with this sequence of 
consequence of a good consequence. But guess what, guys? We're not going to be able to do it. You're never going to be able to get that sequence to line up because you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. So this truly is a gift that you've got to go, thank you, I receive it. It's truly a gift that you've got to just say, I receive it. Why? Because he's given it to us, because he loves us, because he loves us. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Guys, you're walking through circumstances today. I don't know what they are. They're probably different than last week, different than three months ago. Circumstances change. But in all circumstances, we're supposed to be giving thanks. Guys, it's very difficult to give thanks if we don't know how to receive, if we don't know how to say, I receive it. It's difficult to get the strength to do that. But in all circumstances, we're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to be thankful for God. And I'm telling you, there are actually some people that are hearing me this morning that are going through some real trying times. And it does not negate or change the goodness of God. My wife and I went to New York City. Worship team, you can make, start making your way. Um, my wife and I went to New York City uh, for a vacation here recently. And um, when we were there, here's the thing. My wife has this whole Christian walk down a lot better than I do. And, um, you know, so we're in New York City. And um, Sherry, uh, you know, when we, were, when we were in New York City, there, there are these homeless people all around. They're just, they're everywhere. Now, I know we have homeless people in, where we live here in Nashville, but in New York City, you're passing them by groves on the side of the road, you know? And my wonderful, incredible, compassionate wife, as she passes these homeless people, she looks at them in the eye and she says, hey. She passes them and she acknowledges that they're actually there. Unlike the other millions that are just walking right by, she says, hello. She says, hi. And sometimes it scares me. You wanna know why it scares me? It scares me because... I'm like, I'm all like, baby, look, you married a Metro artist guy. If something goes down here, all I know how to do is push and run. That's all I know. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, I, I, I want to protect you, but you get mixed up with the wrong person, man. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, so we go to Brooklyn Tabernacle because that's the church that we like to go to and visit when we're in Brooklyn. And, and the service goes a little late and I'm trying to, I want to get to this, uh, this event uh, that afternoon. And, um, you know, time is going and I'm thinking it's a Sunday. They're going to stop early. I want to get there before it ends and all of that. So we go down to where the subway is and we get to the steps. And I start going down the steps and I look up and there's Sherry. She's at the top of the steps. And she's encountered a homeless woman. And she starts to converse with this woman. And she starts to talk to her. And I'm at the bottom of the step. I'm like, man, we got to go. You can take my ordination next week. I'm fine. I just, <laughs> I'm in process. We got to go. So I'm, I step up the steps to inch closer just to send the signal. Come on. And I get closer to her and she ends up praying for the lady. And she gives the lady a hug. And she says, listen, we don't have, before she prayed, she said, we don't have any cash, which we didn't. And she said, may I pray with you? And, and the lady said, yes. So we prayed. And Sherry turns around. And as I looked at the woman, she looked at, back at me in my eyes. And I remember her saying this. She said, thank you. 
You have given me better than anyone else today because you've given me your time. And then the Lord brought me to Matthew chapter 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you? When, when were you thirsty and we gave you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you in or, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison or go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. There was gravity, there was weight in that lady's thank you. Because her circumstances were such that she didn't need another tangible thing. She just needed somebody's time. Thank you. I receive it. Thank you. I receive it. I'm very thankful right now in this season uh, of Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for my family. Thankful for my kids. But this year, I'm in particularly, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for Ruby. And some of you know this story. When Ruby was at the hospital ready to be delivered. We were in triage and everything was going fine. Everything was going well. And we roll, Sherry gets rolled down to the room and we're just laughing. We're having a good time with the nurse. We've been through this drill twice now. And we get to the, we get to the room and the nurse starts strapping on the thing that's supposed to monitor the heart. And it was interesting because the conversation started to slow. The conversation started to get less and less. And I started to realize something's not right here. And then she stopped talking altogether. She pushed some buttons and she got another doctor to come in. And they couldn't find Ruby's heartbeat. And time goes, they found it, they lost it. They found it, they lost it. And I remember a part during the night, Sherry was in so much pain. And the doctor comes up to me and she pulls me aside and she says, Mr. O'Day, it is my obligation to let you know that things are not looking good. And after she said that, she pushed some buttons and all these doctors rushed into the room and I stepped back into the corner and all I could say at that moment was, God, you are sovereign. Whatever happens in this moment, God, you are sovereign. You are sovereign and you are good. You are sovereign and you are good. I am so thankful that that picture right there exists. I'm so thankful that my baby is alive. And after evaluating that circumstances and getting away, I said, God, how did I have the strength in that moment to say, God, you're so sovereign, you're so good. And he said, my child, it's because you finally reached a place where you said, thank you, I receive it. You got out of the ellipses. He has so many great things for you. He has so many, the very best thing, the very best gift you've ever been given is Jesus Christ. And it is a gift. And all you have to do is receive that gift. And then he has so much more. So today, as we're heading into Thanksgiving week, as we're going to be thinking of gifts and the hustle and family coming and all of these things, I want us to close our service a little bit differently today because I want our perspective going out to say, despite the circumstances that I'm walking in or the people I'm connected to, he is good. 
He is good and he's sovereign. So what I'm going to ask this morning is you would stand with me. And if you'll make your way down to the altars, we're just going to praise our way out. And we're going to sing this song that says he is good. He is good. He's never going to let us down because he's the king of our hearts. And if we can carry this message through our week with us, it's going to change our perspective as we walk throughout our week. Worship band, would you lead us? Let's sing together.